Hello, welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. I am delighted to be joined by Stephen Ireland. Stephen, um, you know, you seem to be making headlines at the moment. How are you keeping and how have you been finding this uh, lockdown period at the moment? Yeah, everything's been fine. Lockdown's been very, very long. Um, but just made the most of it with my family, you know, some nice time with my family. And we all went fitness mad. So it's been, it was nice for everybody to you know, be on the same page, getting out with, getting out on bikes and going for walks and taking the dogs out and getting some fitness in. So, yeah, it's just made the most of it, but it's been long. It's been long for everybody, hasn't it? So, um, I'm happy it's nearly at the end of it now and football's back on, of course, to watch and things are seeming to be a bit better. So, finally, it seems like we're getting back to some bit of normality. Yeah, I think that, did that kind of, I know you probably wanted to get back beforehand but more so were you thinking that now because of the coronavirus you had so much time to think and i think a lot of people are kind of making decisions now you know that they want to make their life so much better because of the lockdown it kind of made people kind of think more so about the future for sure i think look i think everybody's learned a lesson through lockdown everybody's taking the simple things for granted you know i think everybody's learned lessons and learned more about themselves and more about their families and their partners everybody has throughout this lockdown it's been testing for everybody um but being around these guys, my quality compared to their quality, what we both can and can't do, I, I you know, I still feel I have it. I have all, have all the time. I have my foot. There's no question about my football ability at all. I know that. I just need to get into an environment, bodies around me, back into that professional environment and get conditioned again, I suppose, in that environment. Because it's, it's, you know, it's a high-pressure, high-demanding job being a footballer. And, you know, I just need to get myself motoring again and, see where I can take it and I don't have I have no doubts about that I just have to be smart on my next move I'm having a lot of conversations at the moment with managers and it's just about where I'm going to get that exposure where I'm going to get played where I'm going to be wanted where I'm going to get the game time and also manage properly in terms of right he hasn't played in, in such a long time you know can I go back and do a pre-season but you know I maybe I might not be able to go health a letter too soon with like the other guys because they are more advanced than me because they have been in that environment I need to maybe have a little bit more patience but you know I, I i'm always naturally fit i always look after myself so i just feel like the next choice for me is the most vital one because i do feel i've three four more years minimum left it's just you know what club can i go to where like i say all the, all the boxes we tick for me to to make that comeback yeah because obviously in the peak of your powers you, you know I'm, I'm i'm not so to speak blowing smoke up your ass but you were one of the best players in the premier league at the peak of your powers i mean there's no doubt that you could get back to a very high level. Maybe not that level, but a very high level once again. Yeah, look, football's strange. We've seen stranger things happen, haven't we? We've seen a lot. Football's so unpredictable. You know, I, I don't want to. I'm gonna set my. I'm gonna set my bar very high because, you know, why not? Is if if it's going to, if you're gonna set yourself something unrealistic, then then so be. It. But at least it's a, it's a target to chase down. You know, I'm not going to say I'm going to go back and just, you know, plod along for a couple of years and grind it out. I'm not going back for that reason. I'll just stay with my family, enjoy my life. I don't have to go back just to get out of the house and going back for serious reasons. Because I think I owe it to myself. I, I don't have, I, ha I never had that block in my career where I was selfish, where I just focused on me, what I needed to eat, what I needed to prepare for, how I needed to go into games. It was, I just found it hard to be selfish. And I'm at the point now where my kids are at good ages where I can give that investment to myself to go, right, I need what about what Stephen wants now. Usually it's, you know, my friends or my family or my kids, they need to go into this football or they need to go here, there. And of course, look, that's been a dad. Everybody goes through that. But I'm probably over the top with that. You know, I probably should be 
focusing a bit more on myself and what I need my recovery or this and that, you know. I was always juggling things and it, it's led to a lot of a lot of things that down the line where I probably didn't just invest enough time and energy into myself and now I feel my mileage is low for the last few years due to not playing so much and I feel I just I just really owe to myself to go back and give it a right go and prove to myself more than anybody that yeah I, I, I do deserve to be here and I, I should be here and I'm gonna go back and push people push people in my place you know push the young lads who are coming through and and like I said, just just try give it a right good shot. Yeah, well, like as I said, there's no harm. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna talk from kind of how you started out your career right up to what you're doing now. Yeah. We're gonna go that way around about it. So, yeah. do you want to talk no to problem. me about your your earlier days playing football and kind of what what was it that made you fall in love with football and then who you got playing with um your first club and just kind of bring it down to city if you wouldn't mind, please. Yeah. Um. I grew up in a place called Cove in Cork. Um, I had really a really good childhood. I enjoyed it. Um, Cove's a lovely, lovely place. Beautiful, so picturesque. It's it's stunning, and I still keep in touch daily with all my friends from there, family. And yeah, it's I love it. I've just, I just I I love bringing my kids back there as well. To this end, but this is where I played on this pitch, and this is when I've done that. It's. Yeah. I love it. I really, really love it back, back there. I wish I, I'm due to go back very soon. Um, I just wish I could go back a bit more. It's just hard when you have a family here and school, and you know they're they're on their journey now. My kids, I suppose, and I got to support that. Um, and I grew up. Yeah, my dad, my dad played football. Um, football obsessed, Man United obsessed. So he got me into it very early, and I was always like four or five years old playing eight, nine, ten. There's always the guy playing. You know the tiny little guy that's too young to be there but then i just developed my skills really really quickly and became such a passion and an obsession to me man united and football and i just i just yeah i was just obsessed with it. i'd never seen without a football i was no matter what weather i was practicing i i practiced on things that really advanced as well I, I probably wasn't capable of doing but my persistence and my drive just always helped me through and 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 yeah, I just I just had great great times and great memories through all the age groups. I started getting trials really young, eleven, twelve. I was at Derby County, uh, Wolves, and Nottingham Forest. So I've done the rounds through all them. Um, went and played for Cork City in the Kennedy Cup and cleaned up with all the trials there. I was you know best player of the tournament, and I just cleaned up and just went through all the different trials. Then figuring out what. You know what was right for me at the time again, and it was Man City. And Man City at the time, I think I'm sure it just got a league one back into the championship, but it just felt that right. When, uh, what is it, uh, Paul Dickoff? Dick yeah, yeah, and it just felt right. And believe it or not, I actually was a United fan, but I was in the airport with my dad coming back from being on being at a, a, a it's called a Bobby Charlton soccer school at the time it was like a skills competition in Manchester and I went there at 11 years old and won a tournament out of 20,000 people and on the way back I actually liked to look at a Man City jersey because it was a luminous green and I was obsessed with luminous green back then and I got bought that jersey and then I I didn't transition from United to City but I felt I felt a bit warmer towards Man City but at the time the derby thing wasn't even a big a big deal because they were you know league one the championship and so on so on so it was more so with Liverpool that the derby really wasn't it yeah yeah and, and Leeds I suppose as well Leeds yeah. was a bit of a competitive one for them so um yeah and then I started going on trials here they're everywhere and it was, it was challenging and tough and I was always going over 11 12 13 to trials of playing 17s and 18s football because there was never things in place then 
underage at academies in, in England. So I was always three, four years out of my depth. So it was always like, you didn't do quite well or you, don't, you should have done better. And it's like, well, I'm playing with men, you know what I mean? It was men who've probably been in academies for God knows how many years. And so, yeah, I, you know, I went to a lot of trials, enjoyed my trials, learned a lot. And I went to mine on trial, had a really great trial. It's probably one of my best trials I actually performed on. And I went from there straight to Man City and signed at Man City. After a couple of days, we were like, we want you, we want to sign you, we don't want to, we've seen enough. And, and yeah, I just, I just felt from all the Irish boys that were there at the time, there was a lot of, lot of Irish there. I just felt it was home to me. I just thought like it was going to be an easy transition from Ireland to go to Manchester City. And yeah, I just never looked back. And I, I also thought pathway, I thought, you know, if I can get in, within a good 18 months under my belt, I reckon I could be close to the first team. If I went to United, you know, it could be very, very unlikely. Um, I just saw that really early on with Man City. And yeah, and luckily it kind of worked out 18 months to two years. I was on the first team, so it kind of paid off. Yeah, you, I know in the athletic piece that you touched on, you know, it's hard and difficult, especially you kind of, you mentioned there being in a men's environment. Mm. And then there was the, you know, pranks being played on you. And I think it was uh, Bosfeld you went mm. in for a tackle with, uh, you know, to to earn his respect, you had to smash him in a tackle, basically. Mm. But there was professionals seeing you coming in as competition and they were trying to make life as difficult for you because they obviously seen you as the young guy coming in trying to take their place, like, yeah, for sure. Listen, I'm the opposite to that. I'm very welcoming to the young lads. I spend time with them afterwards. I actually learned, I actually, Pep Guardiola actually came to Man City on trial one time and I just got in the first team. We came on trial for a week and he was amazing. And after he was the first and only one. It was so strange to me to see it. He went after the session down to the kids' pitches and started playing football with them, setting up a little like triangle game with them and doing two touch. And I thought, wow, that's wow that's amazing this shows different culture in england it was completely the opposite i wish i got that treatment and believe me i did not and either just either did anybody else it was it was tough times and look it has its place in football don't get me wrong i still feel cleaning boots and doing things that have their place in football i think it really builds character in the kids certain certain things are no go certain things i feel have their place and yeah looking back it was a tough environment and you know, you had to grow up really, really quick and you're always getting tested. You literally didn't have a second to yourself without getting tested. But that was just the way it was back then. And, you know, that's that's how football was. And, yeah, it's changed and there's much more protection now and kids can have more of a say. Absolutely, I agree with that as well. But, yeah, it, it was tough times then. and But it made you resilient and you learned a lot from it and you can go either way. You either, you know, you either copy them or you, you make your own mind up and go, no, I'll go this way because this is how I am as a person. And, I've always been that way inclined with, with academy kids. I've always been open and helpful with these guys. And, you know, I think I think a lot of people wouldn't see that or expect that from me, but that's just the way I am. And I, I like being helpful. I like if I can see things or see something in someone's game that needs to be done or changed or their decision-making, I will go and I'll have that conversation with them. I'll actually put it into action as well in the training ground. So that's just, I think that's just my nature. Well, actually, Daniel Kelly, he was obviously a, a, a bolt and came over from Ireland, had said that mm. you were very good to him when you went over. So I could see yeah. uh, I could see how what you're saying is true. Uh, but at, at the time, obviously, at Man City, I'm not sure how many kids you had at that point when you were breaking into the first team. And obviously, it's it's kind of... And I don't want it to sound bad in this instance, but it kind of held you back in, in some ways because you had the kid and, you know, travelling. Mm. You, you mentioned you couldn't get a nanny and stuff like that. So I imagine it was a very difficult period. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world because it was the best thing that ever happened to me. My kids are fantastic. My boy now just turned 16. 
he's on the verge of I I don't want to throw it out there, but he, I think he's on the verge of having a good career. Um, so it's great to be around him, you know. And you know, if I'm giving him a bit of a prep talk, I'm saying I've had you since you were 16. We've been together for so long through such hard times, you know. And I'm trying to inspire him with these kind of words because luckily he's been blessed with with you know being around. He's all had a nice lifestyle, you know. The kids have always had a nice lifestyle. We, we don't raise them that way. They would never be given anything. They're not spoiled. They're well spoken very mannerly kids and me and, my, me and my wife work extremely hard on them we are really really tough on them because you know we, we don't want to be raised that way it's important to have value for money and respect money and and yeah he it's 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 been it was it was a tough journey there was a there was a, a real patch where four or five years me and my wife were we were, we were struggling really struggling and you know it, we were kids raising kids and we couldn't you know, I, I finished games there, derby games where we won three one, I got man to match and you know, all the boys are out celebrating and we're going, Hey, are you coming along? And I'm like, I can't, I need to come and change nappies for the night. That was that was me. Like that was me blowing off my steam is getting a, getting a Chinese and watching watching TV on a Saturday night. Because what else could I do? I couldn't afford to do anything else and it was challenging and tough, but it got to the stage then where the kids are not necessarily raised, but they're old enough to re I guess we done things the wrong way around. We were so young having the kids. Now they're raised, and now we're kind of starting to live our lives a bit more. We're starting to go on holidays on our own. We're starting to, you know, starting to be a couple, I suppose. You know, because all along is we couldn't go anywhere without our kids. It was virtually impossible. They were so young; they needed to be babied and looked after. We couldn't leave them with anybody, and yeah. we didn't. I guess we didn't want to either. We've put in this hard work now. We might as well see it through. And now they're at the ages where they're teenagers. We are now starting to get our lives back together. We're starting to go to restaurants. We're starting to be able to invest time in ourselves. We're starting to get a, a holiday here or there. And, and like I said, we've done things the wrong way around. But, you know, I think it's it's rewarding at the same time because I get to be my, my kids who are old and still play football. And, you know, it, 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 it's nice. And it's nice to be able to support them now as well. But like I say, it's, it's, I think it's now it's come to the point where I go, I know I'm 33, but I'm now saying I need this block for myself for the next few years and just invest and make the best out of invest in myself and make the best of the situation. Yeah, no, I know, you know, there's so much made of the, the Ireland stuff with the the granny stuff. We all know what's happened since and, you know, don't really want to go into it. But just, you know, you made a, a point that, you know, obviously your kids were uh, another reason why it was hard for you to travel to Ireland games. There was obviously, there was a couple of rumours that you got bullied and um, mm-hmm. someone someone said you, you had a wig and pulled it off i don't know if you want to talk about this if you don't want to talk about it, we won't it's no problems i was absolutely never in my life um bullied at irish setup ever um i have absolutely great fond memories of my time there the times i went there i absolutely loved i loved every minute of the trips i was on um it was t- Looking back, I found it was too hard, unfortunately, to make a sacrifice to go um, to every single squad. Yeah. Um, you know, I must have been called up for double amount of the times I was there. Um, I just couldn't make the sacrifice. It was just virtually impossible. Um, and it came to me picking, you know, my kids or myself, and uh, I had to, I had to, I had to just go be with my kids at home. I couldn't just. I couldn't just think be I couldn't be selfish and make that go that that move over to Ireland. There was times I didn't, times I couldn't. And I was, I, I wasn't I was not happy with the way I 
parted, of course not. And I've said that many times and it's well documented that I haven't. But I think at some point it's going to come to a head, a head one way or another because I just couldn't, I couldn't be consistent with going over there. And, you know, I, I, I speak to, at the time I stopped Glenn Whelan and John Walters and all that stuff. And I always said, look, yeah, I'd love to go back. And I wish that it didn't happen that way. But in the moment, that's just the way things worked out. Um, I got on with every single person there. I had really good teammates there. Even when it all blew over and everything's done, even when I bumped into my teammates in restaurants or out of the shops or, you know, when I played against them, there was always hugs and chats and conversation. I never had an issue with a single teammate. There's not one person I didn't like there. And that's hand on heart. There's not one person I thought was a nugget. Not at all. Um, I got on with everybody. Always performed to the best of my ability there. My record speaks for itself. And yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, look, she's in a perfect world. I would have loved to continue all the way throughout. It just wasn't meant to be. Could I went back earlier? Yeah, potentially. But it's all dead and buried now. And if I don't get back and, you know, if I don't ever, ever play for Ireland again, then so be it. But for me to say I'm going to chase down a club career now and potentially if I get a call up, then... You know, maybe it's impossible, maybe it's not. We don't know till till, till across that bridge. But you know, it's it's that's very far down the line, I suppose. Because, like I said, just certain certain measures have to be taken first. Um, if I get a call up, then I grab it with both hands. If I don't, then so be it. You know, and I understand if I don't get called up, you know, the man, the new manager, may have his own own ideas. Um, you know, I know he's taught highly of, and we we just have to cross our bridge when it comes to it. So. The way I left Ireland wasn't the way I'd like to have left Ireland, of course not. But at the same time, it's happened. And I look back, there were real fond memories. And there's not one player I have an issue with there. Absolutely not. Well, I'm glad that's, you know, cleared up now because it was something that had been going around for, doing the rounds for years. And I felt like you never... Yeah, really and you know that. what? Also, I, I, I actually, while we're talking about it, I actually feel sorry and I guess a bit embarrassed that... My teammates had to deal with that. You know, they had to deal with the questions for years afterwards of, will he come back? Why won't he come back? All oh, this situation. Every time I played well, they were getting bombarded with questions. So did managers. You know, it was constantly, especially that one year under Man City when I was, you know, player of the year and all that stuff. The amount of questions and talk to the words of managers and the players of, will he or won't he come back? Can you get him back? Why is he not coming back? All these different things. Look, I know I was responsible for that. I know I was responsible for them constantly getting asked those questions. And, that is my fault. I get that. Um, and yeah, I guess like, you know, I'm sorry that that's the case for the players because like, they just probably, they accepted I wasn't coming back. They accepted I left and they, they wanted to just push on with the next campaign, the next games that were coming along. They didn't want my name constantly popping up and it did. And I was always saying to myself, why are they still talking about me? Why are they still asking these questions? You know, my friends would get on the phone to me and send me a link or say, Oh, look, they asked this question today about you, and he said this, and I was like, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be angry at the response of the manager or the player. I was angry at why they didn't ask the question. So I never held grudges against players by saying, oh, you know, if if, if players were hanging you up to dry or bad naming me, I was never holding them accountable for that. I was holding them account, I was holding myself accountable. And then also the guy asking the question of, come on, it's been three, four, five years. God, why is this this thing still surfacing? You know, so that was. Looking back, yeah, I feel a bit bad for that, really. 
Yeah, well, I think it might have been the fact that if, if they did try maybe hang, hang out the door or anything like that, mm. it might have been just to get the question away, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, good for sure. Yeah. So. yeah, but I don't hold any grudges at all. And like I said, I look back at great memories. I really like Steve Staunton. I really appreciate everything he done for me. Um, He came visit me at Man City training ground, trying to get me to go back. And I was considering it because Richard Dunn was also kind of putting some nice pressure on me in a nice way because he had a great relationship with Richard Dunn and he's someone I really respect and like a massive big brother to me. He was, and, and I actually was on the verge of thinking I'll come back, face the music and get on with it. Genuinely, I was that close to do it, doing it. And Steve Staunton actually got the sack. So um, that never actually happened. I never got to that point. So then it moved on to Trapatoni, And then, yeah, then it is what it is. And now I find my, myself sitting here discussing uh, a return to football. Well, the thing about, I just was the thing about Trapattoni. There was no guarantee that you would fit into his system because it was a very defensive style of play, anyway. But I know that you you'd mentioned that Roberto Mancini was constantly at you, you know, at Man City. Yeah. And I know before that you were playing unbelievable with Mark Hughes as manager. And then when Mancini came mm-hmm. in, he didn't seem to fancy. I I got that impression. Yeah. But that's only from the outside looking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's right. Yeah, that's right. I just I struggled under the guy. I just I I just struggled under him. I was inconsistent. I had some. That season, I still scored. I think I still scored like six, six, seven goals that season. So on a scale of things, it wasn't that bad. But I just found it hard to enjoy my football. I hated going into training. Look forward to driving out of the place. He just made football so difficult, and it seemed like he had us had an agenda against me. Um, I think my days were were numbered there, regardless, regardless. Because look, at the end of the day, they had they they had a, a blank check to bring in whoever the hell they wanted. You know, um, regardless of if I felt I was good enough or not to be there. It, didn't make I think my days were numbered regardless but yeah it was it was testing times under Mancini but you know I went to Aston Villa then in the end and tried to start a new chapter. Were you under Martin O'Neill at, at Aston Villa? No he brought me in and then four hours later after signing he resigned and I was just like not what not again what's going to happen well, that's next just bad and, luck isn't it yeah yeah and then i heard that they, you know I, I actually said should i go back to my club till the new manager comes in and see and they were like no no we still want to sign the owner the american owner at the time randy learner he's still a really big fan of yours he still wants it there and blah 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 and then he said gerard julia is coming in and i was unsure but then when gary McAllister was coming i thought he's a good guy nice guy he should like me should help me same position similar styles and maybe he can, you know, help help the situation. And yeah, it was tough, tough on her. Really, did not enjoy it at all. But um, and yeah, like I said, then just different things throughout my career panned out. Different re- revolving doors of manager Aston Villa with Newcastle on loan. And then I found myself the last season just with this so-called bomb squad. Me and ten, eleven other players, and Shea Given was in it. Uh, Darren Bend, Alan Hutton, a lot of talent, a lot of big players. Potentially, a team could probably play in the Premier League on its own. Um, because Villa were going through some transition. Uh, and yeah, I was a victim of that. So then I, I ended up going to Stoke. Luckily, Mark Hughes came and rescued me from that situation. And then I had my f- few seasons, four or five seasons at Stoke, which I really enjoyed. Really, really enjoyed Stoke. Um, I just felt really grateful and blessed that I got that opportunity. And I, I loved it, really loved it there. Especially my first couple of years, I played a lot and enjoyed it. And then I got a, a, a little bit of a nasty leg break, uh, I think like 12 days before my wedding. And the second last 
did the training second last training session of the season before we were finished for a summer break so it was a nightmare um and then it's recovered from that finished the last played january to january to the summer with stoke after my leg break return under paul lambert and i left stoke then in the summer and yeah, I've been in and out of clubs since dipped dipped in and out of bolting, dipped in and out of clubs, just training, keeping fixed. I'm just I'm just a fitness fanatic, so I I'm just always on it. So yeah, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. I was exploring opportunities abroad. We didn't know as a family do we want to you know go abroad and stay abroad. We didn't know, but my kids are too serious into their football over here and their friends and their schools would be unfair for me to just pick them yeah. up and drop them into a different country. So I was determined would I go across it myself and make it happen, but you know, time has moved on quite quick now, and I guess I'm just at a stage now where, like I say, I'm having the conversations, and just got to pick the right option for me now next. Yeah, just two things. I I just want to see, like, how is your body at the moment? You know, you you must have been training a lot during lockdown, so you must be feeling somewhat fit. You, I think you trained with the lads, did you? The yeah, guys. Yeah, I've been I've been training for. I, I don't stop training. I don't really have days off from training. Um. Whether I'm training myself or I'm training somebody else, or you know, I'm training my son. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always active, very, very active daily. So yeah, I'm in, I'm in good shape. I'm in really good shape, and I feel confident, and I feel, I, I feel, I feel 27, 28, and feel, you know, mentally and physically, I just feel, I feel really charged up. Yeah, I think you you must have a, a, a lot of energy now as well. The fact that your kids are off doing, they can do their own things now and kind of look after themselves. It's probably giving you a bit more free time to be able to focus on yourself as well. But if you were to, you know, you spoke about uh, maybe playing abroad and and then, don't take this the wrong way, but would would League of Ireland be an option for you at all? Because um, it wouldn't be a far flight, you know, maybe Dundalk or Shamrock Rovers who are kind of competing um, at a high level. I wouldn't, I genuinely wouldn't rule anything out at all. I wouldn't rule anything out at all. I'd entertain every option everywhere because I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded to something off the beaten track and something exciting, but I'm also open-minded to, you know, being England or Ireland. I'm, I'm open-minded. I genuinely am open-minded and I have to be. The position I'm in now, I have to be. I have to have as many conversations as I can. I have to entertain everything. I'm not in a position to be turning things down unless they're absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, I'm having some good conversation at the moment some championship managers league one managers here and um yeah potentially lining stuff up and i i, I just need a date for me it's i need to be able to, i'd love to get a date nailed down to be able to work towards when it's yeah, a pre-season spread yeah. yeah yeah i just need to nail down a date because you know it's great training but you know you need, you need to train with a purpose you need to train smart there's no point flogging yourself running a thousand miles a week you need to train smart and I need a day to work towards to be able to build towards that, of course. So, of course, yeah. so yeah, that's that's kind of the conversation I'm having at the moment. And that's what I'm working towards. Yeah, it's just it's about maintaining that conditioning, really, so you can go. Mm-hmm. So when you're going in, you're not more or less blowing out your ass when you're in there mm-hmm. with, the, with the rest of them. I think that's I could get what you mean there. But um, I know you you wanted to stay for half an hour, so Stephen. Um, just lastly, just on the Ireland stuff, what would it mean to you to get maybe one more cap or one more call up? You know what? It'd be exciting. It'd be fun. Um, I can see the big smile on your face there. Yeah, it, it'd, be, it'd be fun. It'd be exciting, and I guess it'd be it'd be it, it would obviously, you know, clarify what I set out to do. I'm, you know, I'm I'm going out to try play club football to the best of my ability to warrant the call up. If that's the case, then great. And if 
if not then so be it but yeah if i got a call up i guess it would be it, it would it'd be you know me achieving exactly what i set up to do and you know it wouldn't just be a call up it wouldn't i, I don't want just a token call up i want to earn the call up and i want to be there for a reason i'm not there just to you know stretch my legs and go go over for a trip i'm there for the right reasons and you know but like i say that's something further down the line because i have to earn that you know, a lot of guys out there have been earning it for five six seven eight seasons you know i have to make up a, for a lot a lot of lost time and by doing that i gotta really rip some trees up and that's that's to be all and end all for it really i have to really just you know capture as many highlights as i can and get capture the right attention and like i say it's it might be unrealistic and it could be just a dream but you're better off aiming that way than just you know just going out playing a normal game on a saturday i want to play i want to play that game with serious pressure on my shoulders and with a real with a real drive and i don't think there's anything anything higher for me to aim for than an international call-up well i think that's it comes down to you know having goals is always good for the head and something to look focus towards you know pushing yourself to the limit to get to that point so i wish you all the best in, in your uh comeback and i hope it happens for yourself uh, mm -hmm. personally and obviously it would be great if you could get back in the Ireland for one last time or, or even just for a campaign. It would be great as yeah, well as for Ireland yourself. It would be a bit of a crazy story, but it would be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think the, media is, the media's head will fall off over that country, I think, if they see me turning up to a training camp. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, listen, again, I just appreciate your time and, and thanks for kind of clearing up some stuff that I, I felt like should have been cleared up a long time ago and I, I felt some of the stuff put on you was, a, was was quite unfair so Stephen yeah it, it, you know I, I look back at it as like yeah it's unfair but at the same time I think I deserved it you know what I mean so I never lost sleep over because I'm like well I did cause all this to myself so why should I not take the, the backlash so I was always okay with it to a degree that I never felt victimized or I never felt you know but I can genuinely say listen I, I'm the last person in any training environment to ever get bullied and I, trust me that would not be the reason why i'd ever leave ireland that wouldn't it would never get to that if i ever got bullied in that environment it wouldn't end well trust me it wouldn't end with me leaving that camp and um, i look back with such fond memories i still have the jerseys hung up in my house you know i have my caps um i have a, one of the gold caps i think it was the, i think it rep I mean, nearly certainly represented me scoring in the Croke Park. I'm sure the goal cap was for that. Um, yeah, I look That's back. the first great. goal in... Uh, yeah, Park, yeah. So I look back with real fond memories and all the lads were great guys to me. Robbie Keane, Damon Duff, all these, Richard Dunn, like a big brother, like I say. There's a lot Shea of guys back well. there. Shea, Shea. Still, I still speak, speak to Shea all the time still. Speak to, I spoke to Richard Dunn yesterday. I speak to these guys all the time. Um, I look back, great, great memories and you know, that the bullying thing is just absolutely ridiculous shout from whoever threw that out there. Um, you know, I just, I guess, and, and looking back, I just should have made the most of it. That's it. But it, came, it was circumstances more than me not wanting to play. It was, you know, it was, it was just circumstances. And I actually left, would have, I left that camp, would have, would have viewed to going back. I didn't leave. There was, there was another game. And I think we just played Slovakia. I'm certain we played Slovakia, and I was due to go back to the squad again. And all things just spiraled out of control, and things went, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. You know what? When I look back, I didn't realize how big I was. 
I thought I was just a normal kid and I still do to this day. Like I don't act any different to what I feel I should. I feel like I just act like one of my friends from Cove. I just act like a normal Cove lad. I don't, I didn't realise how at the time, how much the country looked, how the country looked at me or how they took me. So yeah, look, all that stuff is just ridiculous. I hope I clear that up now. And like I say, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Well, I wish you all the best, as I said. And, uh, guys, if you like this video, don't forget to drop a like on the video. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. Huge thanks for Stephen for coming on as well. Um, again, I wish you the best for the future. And hope to see no you next time football soon. Nice one. No problem.